You're listening to Drinking on the Job, D-O-T-J. I'm your host, John Coyle. Drinking on the Job is a toast to the culture of food, wine, and all things fermented. We'll be talking with winemakers, musicians, artists, late-night bartenders, scoundrels, and more. It's time to grab a glass before its last call. Frank Sinatra's favorite place to eat in New York City was Patsy's Italian Kitchen. Patsy's is still family-owned and operated. It's coming up on its 75th anniversary. Let's listen to some of Chef Sal Scognamillo's favorite moments cooking for the chairman of the board. Okay, I am incredibly happy and I'm just hungry sitting here with uh, Sal Scognamillo, the uh, chef at Patsy's. Uh, Patsy's uh, 75 years old uh, this year. This year we're this celebrating year. 75 years on 56th Street, Patsy's Italian Restaurant, our only location. Our only location, and here's something crazy, only three chefs Amazing. in 75 years. That's, uh, that's pretty crazy. I'm very blessed. You know, my grandparents started the restaurant in 1944. My grandfather was named Pasquale, but when he went to Ellis Island, they called him Patsy, and the name stuck with him. You know, it's like, right. a, like a nickname anyway. And, uh, and him along with my uh, grandmother, Conchetta, God bless them, so brave, so strong that uh, they came from, uh, from Naples and Italy, and they came over here, and they worked hard, and, and they really laid down the groundwork. All I got to do is basically keep the car on the road now. I, you know, I, I use the same recipes. I deal with a lot of the same uh, suppliers that Grandma right. and Grandpa, believe it or right. not, yeah. with some of their longest-running uh, you know, continuous uh, customers, mm-hmm. and it's, it's a great relationship. I think it translates so many different ways, and that the real message here is it's all about family. Sure. You know, so these are family recipes that came with with Pasquale, yes, uh, from, from what part of from, Italy? They were from Naples. Oh, okay. Yeah, and he came here back in the, the late 1920s, and he came here and he worked different jobs all along. You wind up being in the restaurant industry, is starting out as a as a dishwasher, and then you know working his way up. And he was a chef and a manager, and he worked in several different places mm-hmm. until finally in 1942, two years before he opened Patsy's Italian Restaurant on West 56th Street, he opened a, re- a restaurant called the Sorrento on 49th and 8th okay. with a partner. He was there from 1942 to 1944, um, they had a falling out of sorts, and that's when he opened uh, Patsy's Italian Restaurant. And uh, and in 1942, at the original restaurant that he, he had on his own called the Sorrento is where he met Frank Sinatra. All right, because, I mean, Patsy's is known uh, for the relationship with Frank Sinatra. It's a long, oh. historic uh, he was he was a wonderful man, and, and uh, I couldn't think of a better public relation person than Frank Sinatra. Right. And he uh, told everyone and brought all his friends. And uh, from that very first time in 1942, when uh, a band leader you might have heard of called Tommy Dorsey, yes, who, I, who, I do, who knew yeah. my grandfather and followed him from every, every different place that my grandfather worked, he followed him to the Sorrento in 1942, and he brought this man in, and he says to Patsy, he said, "I got this." Skinny kid from Hoboken, I need you to fatten him up for me. <laughs> and that's where that relationship started, and it's been uh, wonderful, uh, wonderful ever since, and uh, a wonderful way of uh, people knowing about us, because you have a city with uh, almost 20,000 restaurants, sure. so how are they going to find out about us? <laughs> so do you ever think that uh, yeah, all, many years ago he'd be looking now, and still a single location, and this, we'll talk about it later, but the cookbooks, the success, the, I mean, the celebrities that have come here is a laundry list of people. Uh, yes. Then there's also uh, Sinatra, and, and then there's Billy Martin and the Yankees. <laughs> and uh, so why don't we uh, why don't we start in? We'll do. Uh, why don't we t- tell me a couple of Frank Sinatra's? What what's his favorite dish, or, oh, or did he have a couple? Or Frank, you know, if he didn't say anything and he just came in, 
uh, we knew what to prepare for him. I mean, there was times when he wanted to order different things. You know, he stuck to, you know, mostly the southern Italian because he was from Sicily, mm -hmm. the red sauces and things like that. But if he didn't say anything and just said bring some food, you know, the, the standard menu we would bring for him. And I, I had the, the blessing of cooking for him starting when I was 22 years old, over 30 well, I don't know how many, 35 years ago, believe it or not. So, so uh, <laughs> let, let, walk me through the first time you're cooking for Frank Sinatra. I oh, mean, I, I was so I was scared to death. I was scared to death. You know, I was, <gasps> I was here in the upstairs room where we're recording. Uh, as a matter of fact, this room uh, is, uh, we're going to be calling it the Frank Sinatra room. We're going to ah. dedicate it for the 75th anniversary. And, uh, and I think we're going to be having some parties and things like that. Hopefully we'll be hosting some other uh, Big events during yeah. our, our anniversary yeah, this we're, year. We're sitting at Sinatra's table upstairs yes. at Patsy's. Uh, this is definitely the VIP corner. <laughs> uh, we came up the secret stairway, apparently. Yes, so, uh, that's the way Frank yeah. used to come in. So he was here um, one night. I was about 22 years old, and, uh, and I was in the kitchen up here. And my father was the chef before me, but my father was in a suit. Mm -hmm. And he saw Frank Sinatra, and he hugged and kissed him. And Frank said, Joe, what are you doing? You have to change into your whites to cook for me. You've got to go in the kitchen and put on your chef clothes. And he says, no, no, my son Sal took over. And Sinatra turns to him and says, let me see him. <laughs> so I'm upstairs in the kitchen. I'm minding my own business, cutting up an onion. And I hear the door swing open. Right. And I look up, and I say, hi. And he says, hey, kid. I said, yes, Mr. Sinatra. He says, please make sure you cook as good as your pop does. <laughs> and, of course, that was just to make me feel at ease because mm -hmm. I, was, I was very nervous to try and make sure I didn't screw up my family's legacy here. Yeah. What a great guy, though. He brought so many people to this day. People you walk through the door. what you cooked them? Oh, that night was his standard, uh, standard dish. Uh, that's what you had asked me. I'm yep. getting back here. Uh, he liked the stuffed artichokes. Right, okay. He liked uh, some arugula salad, and mm -hmm. people will be surprised to know no balsamic vinegar and just regular olive oil, you okay. know, before extra virgin was popular. Right. So olive oil, red wine, red wine vinegar, mm -hmm. uh, salt, pepper, oregano, no garlic because he didn't like the garlic. It, he ah. liked it, but it didn't like him. Oh, okay. So anything we made for him would be whole garlic in and out or no garlic at all. And then his pasta that he liked was a fil uh, filetto di pomodoro sauce, which mm -hmm. is onions, tomato, and prosciutto. Again, no garlic. Mm -hmm. And usually a food Zili pasta, which is like a long corkscrew pasta, right. to twirl it. Uh, main course, he liked the veal scallopini milanese. It's a scallopini of veal, very thin. He liked pounded, yeah. very thin. Flour, egg, seasoned breadcrumb, fried till it was crisp. Just a little lemon on the side. And, uh, you know, if he wanted meatball, sausage, things like that, it was always a, it was always a big group, though, you know. Yeah. It was very rare that he was only four people here. It was always like a group of people, all his pals. And uh, mm -hmm. he introduced so many people to, to this restaurant. I mean, like, if you do the... Uh, Something I, I, I like to refer to as the six, six degrees of Frank Sinatra. Okay. Like Sinatra <laughs> brought, in, brought in Jackie Gleason, who brought in oh. Tom Hanks. Oh, wow. You know, Sinatra brought in uh, Rosemary Clooney, who brought her, her, her nephew George Clooney, who brought Julia Roberts. You know, right. It all goes back then. And then, like, even after Frank had passed away, uh, uh, P. Diddy started coming in when he was oh. called Puff Daddy, you know. Wow. Right. And uh, he says, well, if it's good enough for Frank, good enough for me. And uh, Michael Bublé as well, another right. one who... Idolized Sinatra, but his real, real hero was uh, Dean Martin. Mm -hmm. And I had the distinct pleasure, which is probably one of my favorite things to do in this restaurant, as I got to introduce Michael Bublé to Dean Martin's daughter oh, wow. one day here. It was I so say, much fun. They always say it's, uh, you know, everybody. You know, everybody loved Frank, but secretly everybody wanted to be Dean. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Dean you know, was so just super. cool He was the as king, well, king right? of cool, king oh, of cool, and 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 two massive talents. And and I think the only other one that really you put on that level would be, of course, Sammy Davis Jr., mm -hmm. which was. Uh, 
Wonderful guy. Wonderful so him and guy. Sammy so, would come in quite often? Yes. Or? Some fun stories. I got to tell you a fun story about yeah. Frank Sinatra with Sammy Davis. And he brought the whole Rat Pack here sure. at times, stuff like that. Um, they were here one night and had a, a little bit too much to drink, you know, which is not unnormal for them. And what's <laughs> and, that? Are they closing the joint down? Because like oh, Vegas, they, they go to 5 in the morning. Are they keeping you guys here till 4 All in the, the time. As a matter of fact, probably the last uh, 8 or 10 years that Sinatra was coming here, he would probably be almost the only one here because we'd wait for him after the concert, after we were closed. We sure. would stay open for him. But uh, it was just such fun that the time flew, and you didn't even know that it was 2 or 3 in the morning by that time. But they were here and had a few drinks, and um, Sammy Davis got up, and he uh, he like uh, looked like he was like trying to challenge Frank. He was you know shuffling around and lifting his shoulders up, and he looked at Frank, and he started singing, Anything You Can Do, I Can Do Better. Right. And after he sang a little bit of that, he put his hand towards Frank as if, your Come turn, on, Frank, go. your turn, yeah. right? So Frank got up, shook his shoulders a little bit, got up there, and he sang the song a little bit louder, a little bit stronger. Mm-hmm. And he put his hand towards Sammy. Now your turn. Sammy Davis Jr. took some salt, put it on the floor, and did a little soft shoe dance. Uh, Boy, I wish I had video cameras yeah, for this yeah, stuff, you know? right? And uh, a few minutes later, he puts the hand to Frank. You do it. And Frank does the soft shoe dance even a little more. And this goes back and forth. Obviously, a game of... Anything you can do, I can do better going right. along with the song and, you know, trying to top each other. After about 20 minutes, half an hour of Frank Sinatra topping Sammy Davis, Sammy Davis Jr., he had had enough. So he says, okay. He says, top this, Mr. Chairman. He put his, took his glasses off, took out his glass eye, put it on the table. <laughs> he says, top that. And, he said, and then Frank says, that's it. You won. You won. That's it. That's all, baby. That's it. Yeah, it's all, all done. But, you know, they were like, they were like brothers, you know, and, 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 and the, the love they had for each other, it was so evident in so many ways uh, that people saw and that people didn't see the way he protected them. Of course, the famous stories and in the places they would play in Las Vegas, and then because Sammy was, uh, you know, African American, he wasn't allowed to stay at the hotel. And then Frank said, "Well, if he doesn't stay, then I'm not performing here." You know, those right. type of things. And and of course, there was the televised uh, tribute to Sammy Davis. Probably, uh, I think it was probably less than a year before Sammy died. Right. All his years in show business with all the celebrities yeah. that came, with whether it was Sinatra or you know Michael Jackson and Tony Danz, and everyone was there. And uh, and it's just you could see the love that they had for each other was mm-hmm. beyond words. And uh, and had such wonderful bonds, and, and that's the, that's the thing I think that really uh, meant the most to all of us is the uh, the sense of loyalty and family. Sure. He was a generous man. There's all sorts of stories that came out oh, posthumously so about how he gave his wealth away, and uh, but anonymously, you know. it was always yeah, anonymous. Right. I heard a great story about, and this was after you know Frank had gone, and it was a, a rabbi I met, and. Uh, and he was at the Simon Wiesenthal Center. Mm-hmm. And he was, uh, when this uh, situation happened, he was a young man answering the phones there. Now he's the head of, head of the Simon Wiesenthal Center, or at least he was 10 years ago. And uh, when he told me the story, he said, um, we, were, uh, we were like, uh, they put outside the, uh, the Jewish Center, they put all symbols of hate, you know, uh, oh, swat I, stickers. I remember that. They yeah. painted everything. And, and uh <coughs> This gentleman, this rabbi, answered the phone the next day, and it was Frank Sinatra. He says, I want to talk to your boss. He put him on with the head rabbi in charge of the center. And what he told me that day transpired was that Frank Sinatra said, I want you to put guards and security people 24 hours a day, seven days a week until you catch these no-good SOBs. I'm paying for it, but don't tell anyone. Right. So that's the kind of guy he was. And there's so many ways he transcended so many things. And I feel like he, he'll always be with us. I think he's more popular than ever. Yes, and for uh, sure. people look up to him all the time. Yeah. I mean, so he's in town. He's here once a week. 
he comes in. Oh, uh, when he was yeah. in town, it could be two or three nights in a row. It was right. amazing. I mean, it just you knew when he was coming, it was a concert, it was announced, whether it was Radio City or Carnegie Hall or whatever, you knew that you were going to see him. So, you know, we, yeah. would, we were writing a book. Instead of Frank Sinatra for the reservation, we'd write, you know who. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so did people yeah. like, just jaws drop when he – Because oh, he amazing. came up the private staircase, but Most still sitting the time, in the room with them. Yeah, yeah oh, there was, it's incredible how people would react to him. And, you know, there were times when he was so funny, he would love to play practical jokes on people. Right. And uh, one time I remember distinctly, I don't know what had, what's, had transpired. I don't know if we were painting this, the private stairway where he would come up, whatever. He came up the regular staircase, and there are mirrors all around it. So when someone's come up, you could actually see their reflection. And there was a young woman who used to have a pay phone in those days sure. at the top of the steps. And she was on the phone, and she says, oh, my God. I think it's Frank Sinatra. I think it's Frank Sinatra. I think it's Frank Sinatra. And he comes up and he says, excuse me, and he, he picks up the phone from him. He says, whoever's on the other end of the line, yes, it is Frank Sinatra. And he hands it back to <laughs> And she was just like, with her mouth open, she couldn't talk. It was just, he, he loved to play jokes. He would, even, he would even put on a... Um, a waiter's jacket and go and take people's orders. Wow. And, and people would be looking down at the menu and they'd be saying, and, then, and they hear this voice saying, what can we get for you tonight? And they look up at him and they're like in shock. <laughs> you know, like the old Jackie Gleason, humming, yeah, humming, right. humming, yeah. right? I so, love it. I love yeah. it. Frank Sinatra standing you on oh. the table going, try the uh, veal, baby. <laughs> it's the best in the wrong. city, right? <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, I tell you, it's amazing. Amazing stuff the, uh, and good memories. What's the, uh, there's a, a, a famous passage uh, you, you shared with me about uh, the gentleman from American Express. Oh, uh, this is Tell, tell us great story, story great story yeah. you know it's um it's so funny because uh, my father had strict orders that no one was to buy frank sinatra a drink or pay for his check or anything like that you know unless it was okay with him right because he you know he wanted to make sure he was in charge all the time mm-hmm. so one time he calls up my dad and it was him and his wife and, a, and another couple a man and a wife and they said we're party of four tonight which is unusual usually it's a big group he said to my dad he said joe it's okay tonight for the other gentleman to pay for the dinner my father said, whatever you want, Frank, no problem. So they come. They have dinner, great time. Before the waiter hands the check, my father looks at Sinatra one more time. He hands the check to the other man. He looks one more time. Frank nods in approval. And the other man gives him his uh, gold American Express card. My father always stayed very close to Frank Sinatra. He wanted to be within four feet if he needed anything, if anyone was trying to bother him. My father always stood by the table. So a few minutes later, the waiter who had processed the credit card came back and tapped my father on the shoulder and said, excuse me, Mr. Joe, it's a problem. He said, so he said to Sinatra, one minute, I'll be right back. So my father went over and he said, what's the matter? He says, the credit card was denied. Oof. My father is so embarrassed. He says, you sure? He says, let me show you. So he swiped it. It's denied. He punched it in manually. It was denied. They could someone on the phone. It's denied. So my father's in such a bind. He doesn't know what to do. So after a minute or so, he brings the card back with the, without the check to the gentleman, just hands him back his credit card. And the gentleman said, well, What's the matter? It's not something wrong. He says, nothing. He says, everything's good. He says, well, you know, I have to pay for the check. He says, no, no, dinner's on me today. Wow. So my father figures That's what, out. what he's going to yeah. do, right? I mean, right. He said, and, and the guy said, what's the matter? I don't understand. And my father said, nothing. Everything's okay. But then Sinatra said to my father, Joe, what is it? And my father can't lie to him. So yes. he, said, he says, the credit card was denied. The, the man whose credit card jumped up screaming, what do you mean my card's denied? How could you say this? This is ridiculous. And Sinatra's laughing hysterical. The man says, you did this practical joke. He says, I swear to God, I didn't do it. So the man says to my father, you show me where that card's denied. Sure, no problem. Goes over to the machine, swipes it, deny. Punch it and deny. He says, get someone on the phone. So they get someone on the phone. And the woman says, how many times have we got to tell you this, this credit card is denied? <laughs> so so it, my father said, please, ma'am, I have... 
the gentleman who's the card holder, he would like to speak to you, please, one minute. So he gets on the phone, and she says, well, what is it? You're with credit cards tonight. He says, listen, young lady, I'd like to just tell you something. The chair you're sitting in, the building you're in, I own. I'm James Robinson, the president of American Express. <laughs> and, of course, then his card was approved. So some snafu. But of all things, the one time that someone let him pay for the credit card, it's right. uh, you know, for the dinner. But uh, just, uh, just a great man. And it was just um, – I know people say this. I know it sounds cliche. But you really felt – when he was in the room. Mm. There was something magical about it. I mean, you know, my, my friend refers to it as he changed the molecular structure of the room. So it was wow. just, it was, I you like know, that. It's, it's cool. I believe it's that. A, people have energy and you see oh, it's people amazing, have charisma yeah. and they, 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 they light up. It's, uh, <laughs> um, I'm sure there's, you, your, your dad probably did a decent job. I, I'm sure people were intimidated by Sinatra, but at the same time, there's people who were just dying to get over and oh, send him a note, shake he, his hand. He always did. And, you know, put, her hand, put their hand on yeah. him, get some of that molecular <laughs> get the, energy Get love. the energy. Right. But, you know, one time it was, you know, he'd always ask my father when he'd come in and he'd say, you know, bring me up to date. And that was his way of saying to my father, is anyone here I got to say hello to? Is anyone I should oh, was, cool. was asking about me? Anything like this? And I remember one time in particular, and I, I, I'm sorry, I don't remember the man's name. Let's just call him James for the argument's sake. Uh. My father said to Sinatra, yeah, James uh, so-and-so is down at the bar uh, downstairs. And Sinatra said, uh, no, he's dead. <laughs> and my father said, um, I just left. He was downstairs. Yeah. I said he's dead. <laughs> And, uh, okay, Frank, and, uh, and who happened to be sitting with Sinatra that night was Mort Downey Sr. You remember Mort sure. Downey Jr.? Mort yeah. Downey Sr., right. they were friends. And he said, Frank, you know, I, I was just down there. I was talking to James. He says, don't you hear what I said? I said he's dead. So, someone he didn't want to talk to. Right. But there was, there was one time uh, my father had stepped away from the table once, and a young man who says his father was good friends with him or whatever came up to him and smacked him on the back. Hey, Frank. <laughs> my father saw this from across the room. He started running there. Frank Sinatra had gotten up. Now, remember, his back is to the, to the man who smacked him on the back. Right. And he stood up and he started clenching his fist like, yeah. the, you know, like this. Yeah. And my father grabbed the kid back. He says, I got it, Frank. I got it. It's okay. <laughs> so... I mean, but not. Did you, you ever hear the Rickles story with Frank? Oh, he did. Story. He did it here once, too. Did, he did, did it in several restaurants, no. but he did it here, too. Yeah, see, he's when Rickles. I told you not to bother me when yeah. I'm on a date, Frank. Right. <laughs> uh, but he was the only guy that could get away with that stuff yeah. with Sinatra. Yeah, Rickles but and, and Sinatra they, had they a loved very each special. Other. Oh. So I'm sure he came That's in and. Oh, my God. Oh, oh, bit, oh my God. And, you know, he was so good about just. I mean, and, and, and you still loved him, but, but, but ripping apart everyone in sure. the place. He'd walk through the place and, and just make jokes about everyone. But you had to laugh because right. he was just so – but you knew he was just being, being yeah, Don Rickles. Yeah. It, was, it was great. But, I mean, everybody's coming here. Uh, you have, uh, I, I like to call it the, uh, the famous tribe of one names only. you got Pacino, Stiller, Madonna, Clooney, Letterman, oh. Oprah, Liza. I mean, who didn't come in here? We're so, we're so lucky. It's amazing. Well, let's see, like Liza in particular, she started coming here when she was 14. Mm-hmm. She was brought in because her parents, Vincent Minnelli, and, of course, Judy Garland, had been here with Frank before, been here with Sinatra. And she always referred to him, even after he was gone, as as Uncle Frank, as as Dina Martin does, Dean Martin's daughter, Uncle Frank. And he really was. I mean, he was everyone's uncle, everyone's father, everyone's friend, as long as you did the right thing by him. Like, I mean, I told you a couple of things where he got angry. But this guy, if if he was your friend, you wanted for nothing. I mean, he had this routine with my dad. I'd watch it. If I saw it once, I saw it a hundred times. He, at the end of the night, like I'd say, most of the time everyone was gone, so we'd be downstairs. He would walk out, give my father a hug and a kiss, walk through halfway out the one door and come back. You need something? Can I do something for you? And my father's answer always was, 
All I want is your friendship. He says, that you'll always have. Yeah. So it was, uh, and one time my father shocked him. He says, yes, I, you can do something. What, what? I want to yeah. do what? Yeah. He says, I want you to meet my, my daughter, Tina. I have a Tina also. Oh, wow. That's my sister. And he turns around and says to, uh, says to my sister, he says, if you need anything, you want anything, don't ask your father. You call right. me. He said, yeah. you know, so great my, guy. A buddy of mine went out to dinner with him uh, at uh, an, another restaurant in New York. And uh, his wife, my buddy's wife, is beautiful. And uh, he's having dinner with Sinatra. And Sinatra's just being gregarious and, and warm like he is. And he says, and he leans over to her and he says, uh, Baby, you let me know if anyone bothers you. They'll be eating with their elbows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I mean, yeah. he, he was your friend. He yeah. was your friend. He did what you, know, he did what you wanted. You know, and, yeah. it, and it even spawned into, like, just this past year, there's a, a country singer named Brett Eldridge. I don't mm. know if you heard. Very, yeah. very, yeah. very oh, good. Yeah, sure. Excellent singer. And my wife loves country music. And I had no idea that this gentleman, Brett Eldridge, only 32 years old, absolutely idolizes Frank Sinatra. So he comes here, and the, the record company people brought him here. And he comes here, and he was supposed to be set up to do a five-minute Facebook Live. Right. At the table we're sitting here where Frank used to eat. And so that was what they said. And I said, that's great. No problem. We'd love to meet him. It would be wonderful, this, that. And he comes in, and a few people are with him. He's his, his manager, the, the, record, the man from the record company. And then all of a sudden, there's about 30 people walking up the stairs. I said, what the heck is going on? Yeah. He says, oh, <laughs> we didn't tell you. It's going to be a secret concert here today. I said, my goodness, so secret. <laughs> I didn't know about it. He says, well, tell me, if we would have told you about it, would you have invited your friends? I said, well, yeah. He says, well, that's why we didn't tell yeah. you about it. So, <laughs> so Brett Eldridge comes up here and winds up doing two hours of Frank Sinatra songs. No which way. they played on cha- – yeah, it was unbelievable. Oh. One of the most amazing things in the 75 years history of this restaurant. Two hours of Frank Sinatra songs. And he really became Frank. He had five yeah. Jack Daniels, so he was he was happy. <laughs> yeah, that's Frank's drink. Jack Daniels. Oh, hundred percent. Right? Yeah. And 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 even wine? does he drink wine? Frank he did. He liked the, the old the old fashioned Chiantis and, and, and remember the, the remember yeah, the, the baskets, Rufino, Rufinos yeah. and stuff. Michael yeah, Smeltzer, we have one uh, <laughs> uh, in our, our portfolio. Oh, uh, we, should, we should bring that back. Uh, in. We should bring that back. Which is uh, well, time we're going to chat just one second about a wine. Uh, it's drinking on the job. Uh, we have a Valpolicella that uh, apparently you guys do fantastic. Oh, with. this one is great. Uh, I always recommend that we sell so yeah, much of it. Yeah. It's just a it's a great wine, very very reasonably priced too, and and it's really it's it's good. I mean, you know, everyone. Uh, 99% positive feedback on yeah, it. Yeah, so really Caldamonte is the producer. They're in Negra, which is where the home of probably every, a lot of people know Quintarelli. They're right there. Oh, They're yes. in a hill above them. They're incredible wines. And mm. uh, this is a fitting wine for us to be having. Oh, everyone, everyone knows the Chatting. Name. It's the Rapasso. The Rapasso. Yeah, the Rapasso yeah. one, the Valpolicella, yeah. the people yeah. go for it so much. Uh, it's, it's great. It's great with the food. Yes, I had a fantastic lunch here oh. uh, with my coworker, Joanna, and oh. it was off the chart, and thank you for that. Are you kidding me? It's my um, pleasure. Thank you for, thank you for so coming. What's the most embarrassing thing that happened in the kitchen when you're taking care of somebody <laughs> big? Like, you know, sometimes if you, if you make things the wrong way. Well, one time when I, you know, I had to step downstairs, and they were doing something for Sinatra, and they, and they put the garlic in it, and it almost got to the table. I said, oh, my God. You, you know. yeah. and, and again, he liked like, yeah. But it's sort of like, you know, I'm, I'm going to be 57. When you reach a certain age, you know, it repeats on you. It's yeah. just too much. So, so what we would do is if we made a marinara, we put the whole cloves, fry them in the oil, uh-huh. but take the cloves out and then cook the tomatoes there's, in it. So you've got the flavor. cooking uh, secret for the, yeah. for the day. Is there, <laughs> is there something in the kitchen that people uh, underuse or that, you know, the cooking tip of the day from, from I, Sal? I think Sal. in terms, because people always ask me, what's the secret of, of, your, of your red sauce? And, yeah. you know, the two basic red sauces would be marinara with garlic mm-hmm. and tomato basil with onion. Now, those, those are probably by, by weight 
90% made of tomato. So it's sure. tomato sauce. So what's the biggest thing flavoring is tomato. The biggest mistake I believe people make is to cook it too long. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're making something with the brajol in it mm-hmm. or the ribs or something, you want to simmer right. for two, three hours, that's good. But if you want a basic marinara, you should just bring it to a boil, simmer for 10, 15 minutes, put your tomato paste in, and you're done because yeah. the freshness stays there. The acid, you want the acid. And the that's part yeah. also when we, we, we started making our sauces in a jar, right. which we sell in the supermarkets yeah. too. So, and you were kind enough to give me a few uh, when I left last time after lunch. I hope you enjoyed that. Oh, un- unbelievable. So how long, is the, uh, how long have you had Patsy's uh, sauce on the, the, on the sauce, market? The sauce we did 25 years ago when it was our 50th anniversary. Mm-hmm. We had been hearing from our customers all these years what a great red sauce, if sure. you could do it, and you know, up until then, there really wasn't much in terms of uh, anything close to restaurant-quality tomato sauces in the supermarket. Sure. And us and a few other companies, we started doing it, and, and it really it really took off because really the, the secret with that is not a secret. It's just that that's the sauce we make here that's in the jar. And, again, that's cooked very quickly. And, it's, it, it's, you know, it sounds like it's big, but small batches of about 100 gallons at a time which means it cooks faster, the tomatoes doesn't, don't break down as much, you retain the tomato flavor, which is right. what I was talking about. Yeah. And if there's a secret, that's the secret. Because, I mean, really, when you're thinking about marinata, what is it? Olive oil, garlic, tomatoes, sure. salt, pepper, yeah. basil. I People mean, that's o- it. overthink it. it it's yeah. a simple, very simple sauce. Right. I mean, I love just garlic and oil sometimes on pasta, and that's my problem. So. Yeah. <laughs> that's hey, how about, uh, so I know, the, I know the Yankees are coming yes. here or have come here, and they've come here when Sinatra's here. Yeah. Uh, Billy Martin, is the, back in this, the heyday, was... Uh, 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 it was, it was great. Crazy guy. Fiery, fiery crazy guy. By the way, Billy Martin was guy. Italian. Yes. Uh, people don't realize Billy that. like Irish or something yeah. else. No, he's not. Ta- he's Italian. Also, even right. you know who's Italian you wouldn't think it was? It's Hulk Hogan. He's, his oh, name really? is Terry Bollier. Yeah. Ah. And he was yeah. here a couple of years ago when he uh, – I have, a, I have a, one of my profile pictures on, online. is him choking me for some meatballs. You know? make, <laughs> make believe choking. You know? but, uh, yeah. what, a, what a nice uh, man. Nice uh, man. But yeah, so, so back in 1977, the Yankees won a World Series one at a time. You know? Mm-hmm. And I was a kid. I was only 15. And uh, Billy Martin calls up my dad. He said, we'd like to come to, uh, to Patsy's Italian restaurant and celebrate uh, winning the World Series. We're going to be a party of 50, the whole team. Okay. I said, wow. sure, no problem, no problem. And if you, now, obviously, your, your uh, listeners can't uh, see, but in, in the room where you are here, where Frank Sinatra used to stay, is probably the first one-third of the restaurant on the top floor. Right. Then the other two-thirds can be sectioned off by a curtain. Right. And I could seat about 50 people. And back where we are, I could seat about 35 people. Mm. So Billy Martin and the Yankees come up. My father congratulates him. And he has them set in the front part of the room that could sit about 50 people, and the curtains are closed. So Billy Martin turns to my dad. He says, Joe, we always sit back there pointing to the curtain. Right. And my father, he didn't mean this. He's usually very diplomatic. He said, oh, I have that saved for someone really important. So <laughs> <laughs> that's the last thing you want yeah. to say to anyone, but especially but Billy, Billy Martin. Martin. Yes. So for the next five, ten minutes, he's screaming at my father, who's more important than us. Yankee, blah, blah, blah. And then there's a side door which has curtains where Frank Sinatra used to come in. Right. So he sees the curtains being pulled, the door being open. He probably, in his mind, he races over there saying, I got to see who's more important than him. My father's bringing Sinatra up the steps, and he says, Frank, the Yanks are here. And he says, yeah, the British are coming. You know, so <laughs> some Frank's of you younger Frank, people might yeah, not right. get that one. But <laughs> uh, yeah, Frank wasn't a Yankee fan. No. You know, Frank a Sinatra. A, exactly. So, and, 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 and ironically enough, um, the Yankees had just beat the Dodgers. Right. So the last person Sinatra wants to yeah, see sure. is yeah, Billy yeah. Martin. Yeah, yeah. So he, um, he's coming up the steps, and, then, and, and, and Billy Martin's coming down the steps to come face-to-face, and Sinatra sees him and says, what the hell are you doing here? And the first time in Billy Martin's life, he got tongue-tied. He couldn't talk. He was just standing like a deer in the headlights. Yeah. 
So after a minute or so, Sinatra got mad. He walked past him. He was with Roger Moore that night, a whole group of people like him. And they came and sat in this room we're in now. Right. Billy Martin now, from yelling at my father, he transfers into being like a little lamb. He says, yeah. Joe, please, you got to introduce me to Frank Sinatra. He says, you just met him. He says, yeah, but I got all tongue-tied. He says, all right, let me see. So he asked Sinatra, he said, I'm a little tired. I just flew in from the West Coast. Just him. Just bring him back here. Right. So my father went over to the table where Billy Martin was sitting. He, he says, come with me. I'll take you to meet Frank Sinatra. Billy Martin, you know. Sure. Crazy, yeah, fiery. He, he's a bull. Yeah. Hops up on top of one of the tables. Oh, shit. And waves his arm. Come on, guys. We're going to meet Frank Sinatra. <laughs> so Frank, God bless him, obliged. It was like, you know, they came in one side of the curtain out the other, like when I was a kid going to confession type yeah. stuff, you know. <laughs> Frank was so nice. He shook their hands, congratulated him on. They were thrilled to, 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 to meet him. They yeah. Congratulate on the win. They go back. They sit down. Three hours go by. The Yankees eat dinner. Sinatra eats dinner. Yankees not getting up till Frank leaves. Finally, he gets up. He pulls the curtain back. He waves to the team. They clap for him, and he goes out the same door he came in. Right. Billy Martin comes over to my father, and that's where the story should end. But yeah. Billy Martin comes over to my father. He says, Joe, what a, what a great day. He says, we won the World Series. We ate at Patsy's Restaurant, and we met Frank Sinatra. He says, now that he left, we can go. He says, Please bring me the check. My father hesitated for a second. He says, I'm sorry. I can't do that, Billy. Frank picked it up for you, the whole team. Wow. So it's amazing. Damn. Even though they just beat his beloved yeah, his Dodgers, Dodgers, right? Yeah, because yeah. he was a Dodgers fan because he was uh, – Tom- he was friend his, with Tommy Lasorda. Tommy Lasorda, yeah. his yeah. paisan, as yeah. he called it. Like he, and he was a regular fixture in the, in the Oh, dugout. sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, he had to give him the jacket, everything. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. He wore, he wore the blue. He was uh, – He was good. Uh, but, I mean, let's face it. Now, it's synonymous with Yankees when they say uh, – you know, when they win this, they sing New York, New York. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, 1980, Steinbrenner yeah. adopts the song, which Sinatra yeah. gave him the okay. And you can't imagine being in the Bronx – yeah. Uh, and not hearing that song now. Well, right? you know, you know what I heard. You got to tell me if it's true. But I heard that if they if they win at home, they sing Frank Sinatra, New York, New York. Mm-hmm. Yes. And if they lose at home, they sing Liza Minnelli, New York, New York. Oh, you know that's yeah. That's see, see next time I'm what happens. Going yeah, poor Liza. Yeah, I'm I'm a Red Sox fan, so it's a little hard oh, for me it's to okay. pay that much attention. That's to okay. The Yankees, uh, we, uh, my I, I love Boston yeah. too. It's yeah. okay. People get mad at me for saying that, but you know, I, sometimes when the Yankees are in the World Series, we're not that busy here, so it's better if they're not in. Right. So, <laughs> exactly. Got to think about business, yeah, right? That's, that's absolutely true. It's like I think food is uh, one thing you you don't want to get political on. No, I'm going to feed everybody. I'm going to make everybody happy that would be my pleasure my pleasure what they're going to do uh your books you have two cookbooks Yes, uh, we came out with Which uh, I, first I bought last time here, and I've been reading. I hope them. you enjoy really them. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And they're more than cookbooks, you know. Especially the first one is a history of, of, of us and the restaurant and everything's like that's uh, affiliated with it because you know it's, it's for us. It's about family, and mm-hmm. it talks about the family generations. And I'm so blessed now that my son has uh, graduated college. He's joined. He's the fourth generation here oh, now, wow. and he likes the uh, the business end and, and running the dining room. And my younger son likes to cook, but I'm not so sure he wants to come here. And I would never force him to do that. He's still in college. Right. I wasn't forced to do this as well. It's something that I, I love. I never work a day in my life because I'm so happy doing what I'm doing and meeting nice people like mm-hmm. you and Joanna. It's, it's just it, to me. It's it's just it's one a real one, family. One, I mean, one yeah, big uh, family uh, thing. And is your wife at the doors? My like wife is here too. Lunch, yeah? yeah, my wife is here. She's off today, but mm-hmm. she she comes in and she handles so much of the business part of it. And, you know, it's, there's a lot a lot of things that people don't realize i mean like any business so much goes into it oh, yeah, what sure. you see really is just the food and the cooking which i am uh, so happy to be uh, 
in, in charge of and doing that, but it's it's important to us to keep the uh, the family aspect of it going. And in the first cookbook, which came out in two thousand and two, uh, Nancy Sinatra wrote the forward. That's Frank's daughter, oh, yeah, sure. of course. And uh, it's just uh, she wrote something in there that every time I read it, I'm just I get chills. She wrote that, so, and I'm paraphrasing that. The Sinatra family and the Scognamillo family's dynasties are not that different. All love and 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 and, and, and experiences in the in the music, and theirs is in the food. Mm-hmm. So it's such a wonderful thing to to say. And even when she quoted on the outside of the cookbook, she says, "To me, Patsy's is is more than a restaurant. It's a touchstone. Mm-hmm. So many things in my life and things that have happened here. And there's so many events that go on here that 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 are just amaze me. Like like I had mentioned, Michael Bublé. I, I'm so honored to introduce him to to Dina Martin. They actually did. 30 seconds of a, of a duet together, which I taped. <laughs> i got to put it on YouTube one of these days. There and uh, and I, I introduced uh, Frankie Valli to Michael Bublé. They oh, never wow. had met each other. And Frankie Valli started coming here the year I was born, 1962, because Frank Sinatra brought him here again. And uh, he still comes to this day. As a matter of fact, I'm going to be putting up on our Facebook page pretty soon. I asked him as a favor, uh, many people, to, to give us a little 30-second video wishing us a happy 75th anniversary. Wow. And he did that for us. I mean, it's amazing that I can call him up and he does that for mm-hmm. me. You know, And, and I think that's part of what uh, keeps us here is that we don't take advantage of any friendships mm-hmm. like that. Sure. I mean, it, it's it's. So nice that people are here, and you know the most I really want to do is get an autograph or a photograph to put on the sure. wall, things like that. Yeah, and the walls are who's who. We were so lucky. Yeah, so many people uh, that, that come like that, and uh, you know, um, Bono from YouTube. Yeah, came here. It was in, I believe, 2000. So Frank Sinatra had passed already, but you know, he idolized Frank Sinatra right. too. And uh, he was at the door, and we were closed already. And I was, I was, I was already uh, upstairs changing because we were closed. And my cousin said, "I'm sorry, we're closed," and he didn't recognize him. Mm-hmm. And the steady customer who was with him said, "No, please, you got to let us in. This is Bono from U2." And my cousin still didn't know who it was, but he said, right. "Oh, when Bono turned to him and said, the late great Frank Sinatra told me I had to eat here,' then my cousin opened the door for him, and we, wow. we cooked for him, and uh, and it was just, a, it was just a great event. I mean, because he was." Um, you know, I mean, think about it. He looked up to Frank Sinatra. That's why he came here. P. Diddy picked up a microphone, looks up to Sinatra, Michael Bublé, Brett Eldridge again. Yeah. And that Brett Eldridge concert, which I had mentioned earlier, they, they put it for on, on Channel 56, The Highway, uh-huh. on Sirius. Right. They played it. was a two-hour concert. They played it six times. Wow. And I hit a whole other group of people that might not have known about me. And it's amazing. I stopped counting 1,000 people that said I heard this on the radio and came here because of this. So it's just he's still still doing good things for us. But I, I, I want everyone to really understand that everyone to us is a celebrity. Everyone is important to us. When when. They walked through that door. My grandparents taught me. You got to make sure, number one, you thank them for choosing it. Mm-hmm. Out of all the restaurants they could choose, they choose it. Yeah. And then make sure they're happy. Right. And that, while that sounds so simple, it's not as, as, as uh, widespread as you'd like to see. And it's a family restaurant now. And you like to have people that are there that you know care about it. And the yeah. family's always here. And, and there's big corporations that run restaurants very well, too. Sure, yeah. I'm not it's knocking a different, that. There's a, there's a familial... Uh, obviously, here with Joe Tensley, who's a winemaker of ours. Yes. Uh, you know, we came in, and we had yes. a you know, spectacular dinner, and uh, you can feel the difference, for sure, when you're here. We try, and we do that with the, the feeling and the food. We try and make sure that everyone's happy with that. And it's, it's important to us. I mean, 
Uh, we really care. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So your favorite dish that you make for yourself is oh, goodness. just simple? Uh, you know, I, I'm always a pasta person. And one yeah. of my favorites would be like a baked rigatoni. We put the rigatoni with the tomato sauce, mm-hmm. mix in the ricotta, the parmesan cheese, yeah. and top it with melted mozzarella. Right. Simple, straight to the point. Although, although I'm going to the doctor in a few weeks, so I'm going to go there and eat well. And then he's going to say, oh, you're going to try and fool me for another year, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it, it, it's, uh, it's super hard. So what are you going to do for the 75th, the big party yeah. celebration? We're going to have a, a lot of parties we have a major event probably in september and then um it's it's sort of secret but not secret so i could tell you is that we, we're planning on and they're planning on doing it's the 50th anniversary of the release of my way and the record company wants to do something here in probably in the fall and we're going to try and do coordinate that with the renaming of this the frank sinatra room and i believe hopefully we're going to get some family member Oh, to come here as well. Cool. There's a place right up here. Uh, I think it's called the Carney Club that does a Frank Sinatra night. Wonderful. A yeah. friend of mine, Steve uh, Maglio, does a great yeah. job. Really wonderful. And we're so happy to recommend people that he recommends people to eat here. And we yeah. recommend people who want to hear a wonderful yeah. Frank Sinatra experience. What's so nice about the Carnegie Club, it's one of the few places that you could actually smoke. Yeah. So, so it really feels. Yeah, cigars, uh, cigarettes, yeah. whatever you want. So you really feel like you're going back to, you know, <laughs> what Frank Sinatra would refer to as a joint, you know. Right. So, yeah. but it's funny. He does a good job with it, too. Oh, cool. And uh, so, Wish, you have a website. Uh, uh, it's patsies.com without the apostrophe, P A T S Y dot. Uh, I'm sorry, P-A-T-S-Y-S dot com, no apostrophe. And people could find where they could buy the sauce from there, the cookbooks, okay. everything. We actually came up with a second cookbook about four years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's called Patsy's Italian Family Cookbook. So it's a lot of family recipes. Well, about 65% restaurants, 35% family. And Ben Stiller wrote the forward to that. Oh, that's Ben cool. Stiller started coming here. His... Um, his parents, especially, uh, sadly, his mom is gone. But Jerry's still very, very close with uh, Nancy Sinatra. Okay. And that's how they started coming yeah, here. I interviewed so. uh, Amy Stiller for the podcast. She's wonderful. Yeah, she's, she's so great. great. Yeah. She loves the potato croquettes. That's okay. her favorite. Is that yeah. it? Okay. <laughs> I'll remind her. I'll, she, I'll send her a link to the podcast. Yeah, that would be great. That would be great. And uh, wonderful family. Really wonderful family. And, and again, the loyalty there. The yeah. generations, yeah. They, come. they still come here. That's great. He comes. He comes with his kids. You know, sure. it's amazing to me that uh, people have been coming here since before I was born. Yeah. There's a famous singer. Uh, she's going to be 91. Her name is Marilyn May. Yeah. You could look her up on the internet. M A Y E. And she's such a wonderful woman. She's uh, going to be performing at uh, some of the clubs in the city. And she was here just last week telling me, Sal, I've literally been coming here since I'm 15 years old. Wow. So when we started, she's been coming here. I mean, uh, how do you thank someone like that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like no, amazing. Just, uh, you keep feeding them delicious food. That's how you yeah. thank them. Ro- Rosemary Clooney, yeah. she say she'd have to make a Patsy's pasta pilgrimage every time she was in town. <laughs> and she was one of my favorites. People ask me my favorite, of, you know, of course, Sinatra. But Rosemary Clooney, sweetheart, really wonderful woman. Right. She used to make me, I'd say, Mrs. Clooney, she says, call me. Aunt Rosemary. Wow. So it was so much fun. That's cool. So uh, just remember, Patsy's is on 56th Street. It's the one, the only, the original. <laughs> so this is the place you need to uh, dine. But thank you all for listening. I want to thank Sal. Thank uh, you Chef so Sal. much. I appreciate it. I wish you continued success. Mm-hmm. This is a wonderful show. Keep it going. And right. please ask for me. It's the Scognamillo family, Patsy's Italian Restaurant, 236 West 56th Street, our only location. Cool. Thank, thank you. you Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to check us out at dotjpodcast.com. Until then, I'll see you at the bar.